Hello everybody, it's 40k lore time, and we're gonna learn about things and waste all your time. Hi, um, so welcome back to Foxtrot Battleline. Um, Corey and I are here today, and before we get into, you know, everything with this episode, um, you know, follow us at Foxtrot Battleline 5198 on Instagram. Um, and I guess this is a good time to kind of just say, um, I personally have been really procrastinating on some of the content for our website. So uh, we've kind of pushed back some of that, but we set a kind of hard deadline in the next week to get that up and running. So um, expect that to kind of be up for our next episode, which I think should be Harlequin's part two. Um, but um i hope you all also really enjoyed having colin ward on um he's a great guy and you know shout out to him again just because Corey and i really look up to him in the hobby and um he's a phenomenal gamer and uh hobbyist and painter obviously so um we really love having him on so yeah and Corey, i'm sure you'll say positive things too so <laughs> had a really good time with him and if uh colin you're listening to this episode at all i promised you a bag of coffee uh i texted this to you and i could probably easily send this to you also but the bag of coffee has not been mailed yet but i promise you it will be in boise <laughs> soon your caffeine's on the way good sir so <laughs> i had a like so that the bag of coffee i bought just does not fit within a quick ship box and i had to mess with it i was going to pour some beans out i was going to do a whole bunch of things but then i realized if i just beat the bag up in such a special way i can fit it into a quick shit box so uh <laughs> now that i've spent a day like a scientist trying to figure out how to fit a bag of coffee into a fucking box i uh i am ready to send it to you colin and it will be on its way i promise if if you're listening if you're not listening Ignore you all of this. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your coffee, and nobody listening to this, please don't tell coffee, tell Collins. <laughs> and um, you know, <laughs> we have some exciting things coming up too. Um, well, a, I guess you know, we kind of hit a milestone right now. Um, this is our tenth episode, so um, really cool. Um, I know we were pumping out content like crazy at the beginning of all this. Um, slow down a little bit, but. You know we're doing regular stuff again so um cory and i are back from vacation and trying to live our um best lives warhammer lives <laughs> in quarantine at least but so the whole premise of today's episode you know we're just gonna i think we're just you know you call it rambling <laughs> but um cory had it and i i guess cory like you should just explain it because it's a cool idea yeah i know we were talking about, so we've been struggling, not struggling, we've been putting off for a little bit doing a tactic episode on the Harlequins based on the fact that Ninth Edition dropped. <laughs> yeah, we had some issues back and forth figuring that out. Just, it wasn't the right time and it wasn't the right time. Then we went on vacation. So we've been putting it off and we're, we're working on that episode right now. And yeah. uh, to harp on that, I'm playing with our Harlequin army on Tuesday with my Park Hammer group that meets every Tuesday in Brooklyn. Um, I'll be playing with him on Tuesday, so we'll be in the perfect place for me to to talk about this, and we'll have an episode out to you right away. So given that, we wanted something lighter and something easier yeah. for you to listen to. So we 
Something we were looking fun, on right <laughs> yeah we were looking on like the reddit and we were looking on different things and we kind of uh I made a small joke saying someone was making fun of Sanguinius to try to get at me. And I was like, man, was it me? <laughs> I don't think it was you. I think it was Brent. Brent said something. And I was like, look, man, Sanguinius, like someone said, like, oh, Sanguinius should be played by this person. And I was like, no, 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 no. Sanguinius would always be played by Matthew McConaughey in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, if I had if I had the perfect 40K movie, the emperor would be played by Jeff Bridges. Wait, and, wait, wait, uh, Corey, you're diving. So the purpose of this episode is for us. Yeah, no, I'm getting there. I'm yeah. getting there. Oh, I'm okay. getting there. So <laughs> the perfect 40K movie would be Jeff Bridges playing the Emperor and Sanguinius play, played by Matthew McConaughey. So that jumped us off into a whole point of like, well, who would you cast if we did like a 30K Horace Heresy movie? And that's like a popular topic among fans. Yeah. So we thought, hey, for a fun episode, let's just have a relaxed episode. Let's do like we did when ninth edition dropped and just just shoot for an episode and talk your dream casting of all of the Primarchs and the important characters having to do with the Horus Heresy. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing today. It's yeah. just talking through who we would cast in our ideal roles in the Horus Heresy. Exactly. And um, <clears throat> hopefully, the, you know, people disagree with us because, well, I think they should. We'll probably disagree with each other. <laughs> so... Um, and for those of you who I guess like are newer to the hobby too, um, we probably mentioned this a bunch of times, but there's a great Horus heresy and by great, I mean, in volume length and depth, um, book series, uh, produced by the black library, uh, through GW, uh, GW, sorry, uh, games workshop. So, um, some of the books are better than others. Um, I'll just be honest there. Um, even some of the books about the same chapters are better than the others. So um, I guess that's part of the problem with having, you know, multiple authors write about the same kind of content. So the, mm-hmm. the characters changed. Um, I know from personal experience, uh, well, Corey and I both read Descent of Angels, which is about the Dark Angels, um, kind of roots um where they come from it mostly takes place on caliban um until the end um and by the third dark angels book um like the lion for example is just portrayed even i mean characters are supposed to change you know but he just is much more inconsistent than in the first first two um i think at least so well, he, he barely even talks in that book he's like uh. in a sentence. <laughs> yeah he's like here's a sword and then that is all of his dialogue yeah and you know i listened to like the the audiobook too so you have uh you know voice actors doing him and they're like oh yes mm. <laughs> and that's you know mm. <laughs> the the but we'll get to that too because I think I have a pretty good idea of who I'd like to see play the lion. But I think uh, that's like the most intriguing part as I was sitting here struggling through like my list of like because I work in film, so this is there's a lot of pressure right. in my mind of like I should I should know this I should have it down. But like my biggest thing was like Sanguinius. It's like who would you have play Sanguinius? And then I'm sitting here looking at the lion and being like, well, I better choose wisely for the lion because Steven's not going to be happy if you don't. <laughs> so like, I'm Get curious pissed. to know. Yeah, right? Well, um, thing is, there's two Dark Angels characters to me that are like super important from the heresy and one's not a Primarch, but I always, for the Dark Angels at least, I always think like, 
they go hand in hand when Lionel Johnson was was at his best. Like you need Luther. Like you have to have him. Um, they're just they're like a unit. Um, and in the future, you know that fraction between the unit really causes some serious issues for the Dark Angels uh, until forty k. So, um, I just don't think you can have one without the other. And that goes for me, at least in my opinion, for Araman and Magnus too. Um, mm-hmm. You just, I don't know, without those two dudes, you know, or you know. Gilliman and Sanguinius and the lion too are three primarchs that also kind of go hand in hand in the story. So, um, well, that's a little bit off topic, but, <laughs> um, so I guess like, you know, the emperor, we should maybe start with, you want to start, you want to start with the big one. Yeah. I mean, he is All right. like, the dude. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say straight off. I like taking big swings with a lot of, a lot of these things when I'm list building and you're like, why would you take that? And it's like, just, just let me do it. Steven. It's the same <laughs> way with this, with this, uh, with this casting. So there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to, a lot of casting roles that I'm going to say. And you might be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, but in my head, it makes sense. So please don't stop listening. If you don't agree with me, <laughs> well, uh, also give in my visual head, it works. I'm going to give you reasons, yeah. but like, there might be some where you're like, I just don't, what the I don't fuck? think so. Yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> So who do you have for the emperor? Who, who, let's start um, with you. Who I was I? So I don't have anything written down. Um, this is kind of like it, off the top of my head. But um, Brian Cranston, I think, comes to mind. <laughs> Honestly, he's just like that. Well, think of Brian Cranston not from Breaking Bad, from maybe more like that jovialness from Malcolm in the Middle, you know? Um, I was going to make that as a joke, but that makes me so funny. That that makes me laugh so hard. Um, That makes me so funny. Um, Anyways. uh, Yeah, so Malcolm in the Middle, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle is But like a more tempered, serious, but with a sense of humor. Because, I don't know, um, at least in my opinion, I think the Emperor was like, like he was a very serious man and a very ambitious one. So... If you take kind of that like blind ambition that um, Walter White has and mix it with a little bit less um, seriousness, you know, a little bit, um, just a little bit of a like a more jovial, like when you see him in person, he's like, you know, kind of lights up. You're like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. He's a cool guy. Like, <laughs> I can have a beer with him, I guess, <laughs> you know, like. There's like a full scene from Malcolm in the Middle in which that same character like skates around on roller skates to like roller disco. And <laughs> Maybe I'm not that. Train the Emperor doing roller disco, <laughs> and there's no way around it. All right, but also he's in tidy whiteies because of Walter White. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, okay. that's not the image I I had, but uh, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> so there's like a there's a very specific way they portray the Emperor in a lot of a lot of the books and that's it's there's this way of like they don't no one ever looks directly at him and if they do like it might be a primark but there's there's very few instances in which people are looking directly at the emperor and saying he looks this way or he does that this way mm. which lends to your brian cranston point like he could be brian cranston roller discoing around the universe but 
in my mind, I thought that would be a cool way if I were to do a movie or a TV show or like a like a HBO series. I'm thinking I think in terms of format, while we're on that too, Corey, I know I yeah. talked to you about this, but I think like six Lord of the Rings extended editions would do this shit justice. <laughs> so like in six movies, we could fit 58 six plus books. four hour movies. <laughs> okay, cool. So this is directed by Peter Jackson, which I would no, be down no, for. no, no, no. Oh, no, not Jackson. No. Oh, that's a whole different He's too topic. real. So- I don't know. I could go. We, we, that's a good actually topic like who would direct it um i don't know i don't know. we'll come okay. to that later we'll come back to it <laughs> um i gotta think on that a little bit because i've got some biases but um so anyways getting back to the emperor um i would find it interesting as a film person if if we just never saw the emperor And so originally I was like, look, man, we would just never cast the emperor, but the emperor has to say things. So there needs to be a voice to him. Does he though? Like, oh, voice. Okay. Like a voice. Like you don't need to see him ever, but there should be like moments where like you hear him. Like you're like like a muffled figure and like hear his voice or something. Exactly. Or like the moments where like the guy from Descent of Angels kind of remembers hearing the emperor giving a speech, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. actually remember seeing him. Like moments like that where it's just very blurred out or like the lens is out of focus or something. Or yeah, and I'm always imagining yeah. like an out of focus lens with like a bright light, kind of like an angel. Exactly. Some you know. Yeah. yeah. So like that that would be the way I'd see him. But if I needed to have like a voice for him, like that was my big decision. Sean Connery. Like, <laughs> he'd be a good one. He'd be a real good one. He'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> But I think I went with like Idris Elba just because okay. he has that kind of voice that gets me pumped up. Like if you listen to yeah. him give the speech in like Pacific Rim, oh, like yeah. we're canceling the apocalypse. It's like <laughs> if he just gave that speech at Eleanor, it's like we're killing all of the orcs. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely thinking British accent at the very least for the emperor, even though I said Brian Cranston. Um, I think he could do a British accent, though. I think he's pretty spot on with that. Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson would be a really good one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, We're facing like a weird crossroads when I was starting to like do this cast out, where a lot of the actors that we think would fit roles are now too old yeah. for, their, for those roles, but they're also not dead, so we can't be like, oh, well, he'd be great if he weren't dead. It's like, no, you, he's an old person to me now, so he doesn't fit this role. Right. Um, yeah. And that's part of the problem too. Like, I feel like um, when we were going, even when I was thinking about this, I did, like I said, I didn't write stuff down just because, you know, um, I wanted to have just like fun banter. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good you did, trust me. So, um, but well, I was for me, it's like, it's my profession. So, like, yeah. I need to know names. It's like, oh, no, I, I, it's important to me that I know who these people are. Right. Well, I have Google it's, open. It's stupid. And it's, <laughs> it's completely unwarranted. And anyone in my profession will just be like, you're an idiot. But for yeah. me, I feel like it's important. Yeah, cool. I mean, it is if it is to you, right? So, but, <laughs> um, where do you right. want to, uh, where do you want to jump off to? Yeah, next? Where so do we, we cover the emperor. Well, do you I guess, wanna... um, the fallen sun, you know, first. It is called the Horus Heresy for a reason. So, 
I feel like if you were filming this like script wise, um, Horace would probably have to end up being like your aunt. Like if you were shooting this, and this is just kind of off the top of my head opinion type thing, but I think Horace would be your main character as like a fallen hero sort of tragedy type situation. Um, I think you would get the most. Uh, like it would be the most interesting doing that from that perspective. Um, from yeah, he'd be your Daenerys Targaryen. He'd be like that. Well, person hopefully, better written at the end. But <laughs> yeah, but it's not like you know all along they're going to become a villain eventually. If you haven't read, uh, if you haven't watched the TV show uh, Game of Thrones, it's a little late now. But yeah, <laughs> um, it's one of those like you know they're going to be the villain, but you want to cheer for them anyways, right? Or when you watch Titanic, you know it's going to sink, but like how, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly that. And what about what kind of fancy diamonds and naked pictures are involved in the sinking of the Titanic, you know? So (laughs) James Cameron cannot touch this. That's one director. I'll start there. I I would never want him anywhere near a project like this. (laughs) Man, he's oddly a good director with just his ambition gets in his own way. Yeah, he's a genius. I know James Cameron's a genius, but also James Cameron knows he's a genius. And so, I'm not a big fan, honestly. Um, but you know, that's neither here nor there. He's one of those directors where it's it's period by period. Like if you watch Avatar and you liked Avatar, you're lying. Um, but <laughs> Terminator Two is a near perfect movie, so it's like hard to to get. To, to vary those levels of that onion that is James Cameron. Definitely. Yeah. He's like Shrek, right? <laughs> He's exactly like Shrek. James Cameron is Shrek to me. James, um, if you're listening to this, I don't stop. James Cameron. <laughs> stop listening. Um, but yeah, so I guess for here's the problem that I found like thinking about some of this stuff. Um, well, not problem, but like kind of point of contention. Um, some of the characteristics, you know, in certain Primarchs are very, like, similar. Like, for example, um, well, they're similar and they're not, but they're, like, very small nuances, you know, because they're all brothers, so that makes sense. But um, when looking for actors, I feel like I've, you know, stumbled upon, like, all these actors who have very, very similar qualities. So they're almost interchangeable between characters, you know? So, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of actors that I've seen people say like, Oh, this person should play this person. And then someone will disagree with them five times over for five different characters. So I agree. Yeah. So what you're saying, I guess like, you know, when we pitch pitch, quote unquote, these, uh, take it with a grain of salt. Like they're going to fit similar roles. I think, um, it's just what it is, what it is. So, uh, but who's your Horace? You go first. Um, cause my Horace. So my Horace is a big swing for me. Um, and a miss. Cause there's or... a lot of like, well, there's a lot of like obvious ones and a lot of Primarchs seem to be bald. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot yeah. of people who are like, Oh, this bald actor would be great for Horace. Well, and people tend to forget that you can just shave your head. Right. It's going to say that, which, which is a few of my big swings. It's like, I picked this actor, but if they just, change their hair color they'd be fine and be great um horrors for me i think needs to be charismatic 
yeah. and needs to be that kind of person you would follow to the end of the world, but also can make like a joke with. Um, because that's who he is in the first book, very much so. If you ever read Horace Heresy, he is he is interacting with the main characters on a on a whole scale level, making jokes that make you think like, all right, that's my older brother. We're good, we're cool. And he's for me, dude. <laughs> he's a good dude. He's never gonna go bad. Um so for me, I think it's the actor Army Hammer. Do you know Army at all? Uh, Which is a great name for Warhammer, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you hear me typing in this episode, it's because I'm looking up actors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just if I Army Hammer. Okay. Uh, if you ever watched the movie uh, The Social Network, he plays both uh, Winklevoss twins. Okay. Yeah. He was also the Lone Ranger. He was. The he's a big actor Uncle that. Uncle yeah, he's that, a big yeah. actor. You wouldn't know unless like you knew him but he's okay. technically a-list technically uh, okay. but i love him he's got like a gorgeous voice he's got like those eyes that you kind of would follow into battle the way he talks to you is just very on point um and i think he'd be like an amazing horse i think if if, if army hammer looked me down and was like look man we're just gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna we're gonna kill some people and i'd be like yeah we are army me and you guys <laughs> let's do it um you know what I'm not going to comment on Horace because I want to save some of my actors. Um, I like that. <laughs> okay. I like that selection. Um, but, you know, it's the same problem I was mentioning before. I All of the ones I kind of have an idea of, um, except for the lion and Luther. I have a, like, if you disagree with me, you're just, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, beyond them, um, I want to save some of these names because, yeah. like I said, it's all like the same category of actors, sort of. So, well, the other quick thing for Army is if you watch, like, I've seen him in a bunch of movies, but my favorite, like, The Social Network, again, another near perfect movie. Yeah. And, it's a great movie. Uh, like, film school messes you up because film school makes you write papers about these movies. So, like, uh. <laughs> they might not be great movies, but you wrote about them. So, in your heart, they're perfect. Um, well. Also, you know, watching movies, at least from a spectator standpoint, is a little bit more of a uh, subjective, you know, thing. Like, yeah, that's why just to talk about movies a little bit in general, too. Like, so I have a problem where, like, I look at the Rotten Tomatoes, like reviews when I'm like, oh, no, you can't do that. I know. Um, I look at it. But here's the problem. Some of the movies I love the most, like I'm thinking one off the top of my head, uh, that movie with The Rock and uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Pain and Gain. It's it's one of my favorite movies because it's hilarious and the characters are just so fucking stupid. Like, um, it just is really funny. Um, But it has like a 40% rating on that. And so I just think like, Critically, some of the critics, you know, movies are subjective yeah. is what I'm trying to, you know, make my point of. I could throw one at you like that really quick without getting too deep into it. The Pacifier for me is the same okay. one. Yeah. Pacifier with uh, Vin Diesel. So, Corey and, well, I always joke with Corey. I live my life like Vin Diesel. Oh. So, <laughs> um, just hearing his name. You know what? He's got to be in this movie just because he's too fast and too he furious. Fits a lot of roles. He fits so many roles in this, but I didn't put him in any of mine. Spoiler. He's too fast and too furious for 30K. So um, <laughs> let's make him Airman since he lives to 40K. 
<laughs> he'd actually be a pretty good Armin. I mean, I don't know Armin as a character, but he's got that kind of uh, classic Egyptian look a he'd little bit. A, he'd be a decent lion, too. Just, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that brooding um, one word answer type of character, sort of. So <laughs> I am lion. <laughs> <laughs> I drive cars. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Um, uh, to hop on, hop back on track really quick. Yes. The last thing I'll say about Army Hammer is that uh, in the movie, if you watch the Social Network, he, they, he plays the 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 Winklevoss twins, which right. go from these very charming characters, they're very like lovable Harvard people, and then at the same time, they get to the end of it where they're these whiny, rich kids who have had everything, and they just they are the biggest villains, even though they're not the villains hypothetically. But that's kind of like spoke to me for this because mm-hmm. it was like Horace could be that where it's like he went from, yeah, when he's on top, he's charming as hell. He's the most you want to follow him into battle. And then when he gets to the other end of it, he's kind of whiny and crying about his dad a little bit. And that's why I think if uh, Army can yeah. do that for two people, he can do that for Horace. I like that. Yeah, because also the corruption of Horace is like super subtle um, and happens yeah. very slowly. Um, and in fact, is almost like um, like Horace gets corrupted kind of from the outside by his own brothers, you know, um, like the I forget the Primarch's name, but the word bearers Primarch hatches Lorgar. this. Yeah, Lorgar. Uh, ha- Lorgar hatches this whole plan to basically corrupt Horace um, after being the first to fall to chaos. So he's got a lot of things kind of working against him as external agents. So it's almost like you need an actor who can play that like it's not my fault almost that I'm in this position sort of. So, um, which is why I think Horace is the great, like why he has to be in a story that he is the anti-hero and then it follows him around, uh, for the majority of like the film. So, um, pretty cool. So, uh, (laughs) You want to jump to a heavy hitter here. Who do you have for Lionel Johnson? Oh, boy. All right. I just feel like you can talk so much about this, and I either saved it for the end or for a beginning point. And yeah, I think that not the end, because be everyone needs to know that I'm obsessed with the Dark Angels. <laughs> and when I say obsessed, I literally mean, like, obsessed. Um, I can't get enough. Um, I even like I reread articles on like the 40k lexiconum um, about you know the lion. So, and I'm a what I like to consider a full viewed Dark Angels player. Meaning, <laughs> I actually like the Fallen and um, the whole storyline there. And um, Luther is as a character is an equal revere and respect, even maybe more so sometimes than the lion, um, just because he's fucking human. So, um, some of these primarchs, you know, you read about them and I'm sure you have a similar feeling. They see, even in the books, they seem like a human, like they don't, they're not fully there. Like, um, especially with the lion. Um, he's just so, he's not a people person. So, (laughs) um, and um, you really see a lot of their flaws, even in the Loyalist Primarchs. I think through the Horus Heresy books, you can kind of gather like, oh, I get it. And um, this is kind of why, um, 
you know, they're space marines because they are a little bit beyond human in a way that actually causes some uh, detriment to their chapter. And, you know, with the Dark Angels, that is the case. Um, so if you don't know, the Dark Angels, half of them fall. Um, I don't think they fall to chaos. And that is one point of contention. Um, that is debatable, but in in my opinion, the Dark Angels, uh, the Fallen, don't, they're not aligned with a Chaos God. I wouldn't even call, I would call them like a renegade chapter, um, in my opinion. Um, That's fair. That's fair. But, because it, I just don't, I think they're, a lot of them are pro, um, you know, mankind, which, you know is kind of saying something maybe not necessarily pro emperor but definitely like pro mankind like i wouldn't they're not a hundred percent heretics plus they time travel and you don't know what the fuck they're actually doing like cypher who the hell knows what's going on there <laughs> so um but long story long-winded story for me it's saying, a long way to get to Vin i know Diesel. but we haven't had a dark angels episode yet so you know it's nice to pour <laughs> some of this out <laughs> so we will when um actually uh when they release the new codex we should do dark angel blood angels just to get talking about just it, get it out. Yeah. no 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 i that's an episode like i'm not just quote-unquote getting out there like i will be you know balls deep <laughs> and that kind of stuff so but anyways long-winded way of saying hugh jackman <laughs> <laughs> what i was not expecting hugh jackman for the lion oh perfect um, what what give me one role that hugh jackman does that makes you want him to wolverine. be the lion uh, all of wolverine um for some reason in my mind in my mind uh, in my mind are you sure it's it's not jean valjean no Yes. <laughs> the singing really, you know, hits home for me. Um, <laughs> but so, like I said before, you have to cast um, the lion with Luther. So, you know, my Luther would be, um, oh, wait, I had it. It would be like, this is the problem with not writing this stuff down. So I was thinking kind of a luth a good luther would be like a ryan gosling or some like really pretty kind of charismatic um even um uh deadpool um ryan reynolds um would be great i think ryan reynolds would be pretty good but you need so you know you really plus ryan reynolds and hugh jackman are like best friends in, in real life so <laughs> but um actually that would they have such a good charisma, even off screen, um, at least, you know, with social media and stuff. But um, the line has to be subtle, grunting, angry a little bit. I, f I feel like his character would come across as angry. Um, you kind of have to because you just don't understand or, you know, very stoic slash easily, easily tempered, which I don't know, in my mind, and Wolverine and the lion kind of are similar um, character archetypes. So, you know, that's those are my vote. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, I think. Um, just because the the dynamic between those two um, in terms of, like, opposite personalities would really play off each other in a way that I think the lion and Luther kind of were, especially in the books. Um, Ryan Reynolds would be a, maybe a little bit toned down 
you know? Mm-hmm. Not completely absurd. <laughs> so You'd have to be like a mature, older, doing a serious role, right? But else. could still crack a joke and, you know, um, make people feel at home. He's... Um, Luther's a lot like Horace in terms of like, well, not the, not as uh, extreme, but um, I think he comes across a like charismatic. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I Um, think that's where I would put Brian Cranston, to be honest with you. If that were me, I think I would take him in there. No, not as the lion. No, 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 not with those arms. Um, (laughs) for me, it'd be, it'd be. I mean, he could fit into a Luther. He's like an older. He's a little bit older than the lion. He's a little more. More aged, but also charismatic and can be serious or joking at the same time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Luther's the guy I look to to like at one end, like damn you, and the other end give you finger guns. It's kind of oh, like yeah. ah, fuck that guy, but gotcha, man. Like it's like, <laughs> or like uh, you know, throwing drugs in the punch or something. He's like, hey, man, yeah, uh, you feel good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> fooled you you know like stupid <laughs> shit <laughs> so um you're falling now let's do it <laughs> or all those um memes online like where you see like a space marine and then someone trips and then you see like a cut of the guy with his bolt or like <laughs> get the fallen you know that's like to me kind of the joke luther would have a little bit so um but yeah, um, I think uh, for my lion, I went with Chris Hemsworth, and I think that's a very shallow. It he looks the part well, for me, but I think it's a shallow answer, and I, I apologize. For it's it. actually funny that you say that too, um, because I'm pretty sure I sent you like a you were talking about. Um, that might have that might have been what triggered this this whole thing. <laughs> but you sent uh, your opinion, or your, your McConaughey sanguineous, and I was like, no, 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 Hemsworth. <laughs> So, um, he, he, he would have to be in the movie, but he's just, I think because of his role in Thor, you know, he just, he seems like he fits perfectly into 40k somehow, like as a noble kind of like, quote unquote, you know, beautiful, more, one of the more aesthetically pleasing Primarchs, maybe Fulgrim, maybe Fulgrim, honestly. He's a little too, he's a little too bulky for Fulgrim. Fulgrim's got to be like wiry. But that's the problem with like casting Primarchs though, is on the outside, they're very like tropey. They're very Mm -hmm. like, oh, this guy's just always angry. And oh, this guy is very beautiful. And then when you get into reading 40K and this is the allure of the entire book series is like, they have so many, yeah, it's like Ryan grunted a lot, but like there's so much depth to his character that like, while we want to have the Avengers on our movie at the same time, we need Oscar like worthy yeah. actors to actually do it for uh, to do it justice for us 40k fans. Definitely, like we need someone who can show eight levels of depth facial expression. That's what we believe they have. Yeah. Well, you know, also a second a runner up for and the Luther would have to change for this actor, but um, John Hamm for the Lion. Um, he's so good at just like stoic facial expressions <laughs> you know oh. so i could see him playing him too i actually had him down as a luther um as well um at i could point. see john ham as luther i could definitely agree with that i could see the him lion as works too but he's just hard to picture and that's my own problem that's not your problem yeah 
maybe um we do a, a social network thing and john ham plays both <laughs> yeah i mean he could i could see sure. him doing I'll, call, I'll call david on the line we'll uh we'll talk about it <laughs> all right let's get him signed david, you know i don't know him but um <laughs> anyways but yeah uh so let's move on you know t- talk for like 10 minutes about the dark angels there's my problem <laughs> i knew you would um blood angels you know sanguinius um so sanguinius this one was like the very last one i came to it was very hard for me because like sanguinius just plays sanguinius in my head like he is a he's he's his own thing um i don't have an actor that plays him and there's so many actors that like there's that guy from game of thrones who plays uh jamie lannister and like everyone's like yeah he's the perfect casting and it's like i don't I just don't buy it. Um, He's got a little bit too much of a silver tongue, I feel like, um, for Sanguinius. Um, Because I I feel like when Sanguinius speaks, like, if John's... Sorry. If uh, John Snow's, like, voice with the body of Jamie, you know, maybe. Well, this is great. So here's the thing. So here is where my turn is. My my actor for Sanguinius would be Kit Harington, who played Mm. John Snow. Yeah. If you could dye Kit Harrington's like hair blonde or even just a dirty blonde so like it looks like Sanguinius, dead on for me. Because yeah, Jon Snow is like that kind of character who Sanguinius is. He's humble, he's strong, but he doesn't like show it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um I think it's that's kind of my pick too, actually. Um Love it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I have no like he'd be perfect for it. Um that kind of like subtle nobility that he um possesses as Jon Snow um with the humbleness and the really like especially I'm thinking of some of the you know Game of Thrones scenes where he's just like sad you know yeah um I feel like Sanguinius is a little bit of a very like tragic they all are but um Sanguinius is a tragic character um and kind of sad you know like his in the eyes especially i think uh he's 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 that kind of cursed character where it's and that's why i connect to him to a lot so if we ever do like that psychology thing it's it's a big thing of like if we ever do understanding we're doing it. <laughs> oh we're doing it I, think. I had to do a deep dive my own my own site on that and it's it's very much understanding that there's a a end and a doom and a mm-hmm. and a person you're not trying to be at all times like there's people who don't understand that and they'll be themselves and they'll do their thing. And then there's people and it's like a weird Irish guilt where it's like, I know who I am. I know how I'm bad. And I know that who I am is always trying to fight being bad. Yeah. And that's kind of sanguineous for me. It's like, I am a good person because I know I'm not a good person. Right. And yeah. that's, that's sanguineous as a character for me. And that also comes across in Kit Harrington. Definitely. And that's why I would hate him. Yeah. Or someone who never, you know, for Sanguinius, it's like someone who never wanted this was thrust into, like, having to be this person. Um, And that's, you know, I I feel like Sanguinius is a little bit like that. Like, he never, you know, he didn't want the thirst. Um, He never asked to be a Primarch or beautiful or um, a leader and somehow found himself having to fulfill that responsibility. So. Um, well, it's also like when they ask him about being the war master, they're like, you should have been war master over Horus. And he's just like, 
Yeah, but choruses, so. Well, that, the line was also ass, FYI. <laughs> or oh, yeah, wanted no, to. I don't. <laughs> but I think a better <laughs> example. In, in yours. Yeah, I think a better example, honestly, is when, uh, during the heresy, when Gilliman and, or Gilliman makes him the emperor, and it's like. Oh, you know, the Imperial Secundus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's not something he ever wanted, which is exactly why they made him it um, in the first place. So I, I actually, that's in um, the third Dark Angels book. Um, you get some of that uh, Imperial Secundus stuff. Uh, totally blanking on the name of the book, but it's a good one, um, I think. So um, now we're, we're oddly close on Sanguinius. Where do you want to jump to? Yeah. Um, well, I guess, you know, since you love the blood, blood angels as much as I love the dark angels, um, are there any secondary characters you think are completely essential to the blood angels? So there are secondary, there are secondary characters like Eskelion and his different guard, but mm-hmm. I don't know them enough. Okay. Cause I haven't gotten to the Horus heresy books. Like if we were talking like casting Dante or casting Mephiston or any of that, right. I can get it. But we're talking like, Sanguinius's garden. I haven't gotten to his books yet, sadly. Yeah, you get there. Um, well, you're I, you're going in order, right? I'm going in order, which is like my own damned crusade. Uh, <laughs> especially because I'm on a I'm on an Ultramarines book now. But I'm <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Um, I think I've developed this, and um, I don't mind admitting it because at least I'm not saying this about Tao. But <laughs> I've developed like this. <laughs> secret like affinity for the ultramarines in some capacity and it comes from the books and um honestly playing space marines uh the game on xbox 360 um kind of like i mean i still have like i get it um they're boring um but and gilliman's kind of a prick but um i don't know uh i, I kind of like that like it's like enjoying reading like a superman comic or a superman movie like you really like like yeah they're the good guys they're like that oh yeah i'm you know savior of humanity but a certain you know i think for to a certain extent we all kind of like look for that because it's not really how people function uh, a little bit you know um and it's kind of like the true patriot quote unquote um but speaking of which that actually uh, Gilliman, I'll tell you mine, and this is kind of for reasons beyond just, well, it's funny I brought up Superman. So Henry Cavill, you know, Cavill, or however you pronounce his last name, I think he'd be a great Gilliman. <laughs> Say it again, sorry? Uh, Henry Cavill, or Cavill? Henry oh, Ka- Henry Cavill. You yeah. put Henry Cavill there. As Gilman, yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'm sad to say, like, Henry Cavill is a patient saint of everything 40k ever since he dropped that post he's like the new robin williams but um well that's why i kind of picked him Um, i I knew he had a fit a a spot and again he's not on my roster and i feel really bad but i think it's because i was forced into it i was like man i don't want to put him here if i have to yeah i just it's it's mostly not even the fact that he plays 40k which for those of you who don't know um he's probably one of the only celebrities that actually publicly like paints his models and like mm-hmm. plays um kind of actively so um you know he's someone to look up to i guess as a celebrity but uh, i don't think you'll be 
seeing him place at like LVO, but you know, <laughs> it'd be cool, right? They uh, there was a celebrity. I'm not gonna say celebrity. There was a YouTube persona for 40k who actually uh called out Henry Cavill the other day. Apparently, this oh, guy's really? from the same town as him. It was like, you should come play me. We should play. And it was like a very endearing video. You'll have to look it up for yourselves, everybody. But that's cool. um, they're calling him to the forefront. <laughs> Get your celebrity ass down here. <laughs> I am not your savior. That's what the savior would say, Henry. Um, <laughs> um, so you'd have uh, Gilliman, huh? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's like I said, it's not necessarily his association with 40K, but like that kind of like chiseled naive um you know i'm doing the right thing sort of attitude that you get from superman that's really where it comes from so see what turns me off for that is that i in the witcher he's a completely different person so it's yeah. like having watched the witcher more recently my mind is not he'd actually make a good lion too yeah probably because of the witcher um like the wit- <laughs> those grunts i think is now henry cavill yeah for the or for for the line yeah i mean he's a good fit like i said you know at the beginning of all this uh you can interchange him so <laughs> it's, it's so bad yeah, um I, I had a i mean i'm i'm like i'm a victim of typecasting a little bit with gilman because i just it's not that i don't like him it's that he's like a he's not captain america because for me sanguineous is kind of captain america but hmm. um he's that kind of goody goody guy. And I had a hard time finding that actor because wow. the goody goody should be captain America, but it doesn't fit that way. And for me, it was, uh, Paul Bettany mm-hmm. who, uh, plays the vision in all of the Marvel movies. Okay. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's, a, it's a strictly shallow typecasting for me. Cause he's blonde and looks like Gilman. Well, maybe Gilman no should be typecasted, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, like, if they ever made this movie, they would make Gilman, like, the star. If, uh... uh well, if GW had their fucking way, yeah, maybe. Um, you couldn't, though. Gilliman is... This is gonna be controversial, what I'm about to say, but Gilliman isn't really that important to the heresy story. Um, Dude, he books in, I haven't seen him yet, so I get it. He pops up, but I just don't think he's... He's important in 40K. He is, you know, hands down one of the most important characters in 10,000 years later. But I th- I think in, you know, in my opinion, I, I think he's like one of the least important characters. Like even um, uh, Night Lords. Um, uh, Conrad Kurz. Kurz. Yeah, even Kurz like plays a much more important role. And he's fucking nuts, you know? <laughs> so... Um, and he's a per, I, I bring him up cause he's, he's a peripheral character. Like he's not that important, um, in the overall scheme of the heresy, but like, you know, someone like, Ort- moments, what he has some moments though. Yeah. He has some moments, but um, you know, I'm bringing him up because Gilliman's almost on the same level as Kurz in terms of, uh, yeah. loyalists, um, in my opinion. And then, um, you know, like the heavy hitters for chaos, like, uh, Mortarian, Magnus, there, and then you know on the Imperial side, obviously Sanguinius, and I would even say the Lions, not as important to the central heresy tale. Um, and you know that 
it's hard for me to admit, but <laughs> <laughs> very proud of you. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot more, you know, like fucking um God. The problem with talking about all these Primarchs is I get their names just like they just don't come to my head right away, but uh, Space well, Wolves. There's, there's 18 of them. Lehman Russ. Yeah, Lehman Russ is way more central to the heresy than I think anybody. Um, loyalist. Um, well, besides the Emperor and Horus, but uh, well, that's debatable. Obviously, everything I'm saying here is debatable, which is the point, but... Um, Lehman Russ is a pretty pivotal fucking role. Who do you have for Lehman Russ, though? Um, let's uh, jump into that. So while we talk about him, let's visualize. Yeah. Um, Who would be him? He's a tough one. Um, I would say yeah, Liam Neeson in his younger days would be perfect. But if we're casting now, um, shit, I don't know. Even Hugh Jack, uh, maybe Hugh Jackman <laughs> again. Yeah, it's because he played like Wolverine, so he's like feral and. I know, but that's such a that's a typecast, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, went with uh, Clive Standen, the guy who played Rolo in uh, Vikings. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, he, I feel like the actor would have to be Scottish, just for. See, that's funny because my other one is Rory McCann, the guy who plays the Hound in. Uh, oh yeah, the Hound yeah. from Game of Thrones, who's kind of Scottish, maybe. <laughs> he could but that's where I went with it. Yeah, I've got two for that one, and I was like, man, either of these guys would be fine because they're just kind of mangy dudes. Yeah, I like those choices, so I'm gonna go with you on that one too. Because <laughs> I feel like that one's Lehman Russ is hard. Um, I think because like you could also get away with the guy from True Blood, that tall Norwegian dude. Um, because he also has that. I mean, he's a little, maybe he's Fulgrim actually. Um, uh, I forget his last name. Yeah, so Alex Skarsgård um, would probably make a, just because of the skinny frame, make a better he's a Fulgrim. Little, he's a little sexy, too. Well, that's that the point, Fulgrim. right? <laughs> Fulgrim's supposed to be, like, hot, I guess, and then, like, sexually <laughs> attractive. Um, and then I think, like, not, you know, like, I think, I think Fulgrim's supposed to be, like, sexually appealing, and then, like, Sanguinius is just supposed to be, like, a beautiful person, I guess, you know? Yeah, it's a weird fine line between the two of them when you have to cast them separately because they're both kind of beautiful, but in a different way. Right. That's where I guess I'm going. Like, I feel like Sanguinius to women or something would be, uh, I mean, Fulgrim to women would be like, you know, Alex Skarsgård. Like, oh, he's so hot, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. I like Alex Skarsgård for that. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So I'm thinking while we're on some of the chaos, I'm thinking of Mortarion, which is really hard. <laughs> especially as a, again, it's another Sanguinius for me because I'm also a Death Guard player and I, I hold Mortarion very high in my regards, especially because his, his character is very important to me also. So it's like yeah. he's one, if Sanguinius was 1A, he's 1B. There's no 1 or 2. So this was tough for me. But somebody threw out the idea of Christian Bale, who, like, skinny Christian Bale would be interesting. 
but I think I settled. I think the idea of Christian Bale led me to my ultimate Mortarian, which would be Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I like think that. Of, yeah. <laughs> Phoenix is just kind of like his voice is just deep enough and he's just like wiry enough to be like, man, you're a little intimidating. I don't want to see you in a dark alley, but also I respect you. He's also got that um, sad, real, because I, I think of Mortarian's like, you know, another one of those. He's like, if you want to kind of make this connection, I guess, um, like Sanguinius is the noble version of someone who was put in a position that they didn't want to be in. And then the opposite of that is Mortarian, who is put in a position he doesn't want to be in and kind of just gives in. So, yeah. you know, you have Sanguinius who never gives in and then Mortarian who constantly is giving in to kind of like his fate. So um, I never made that connection till now, but it's funny you play both of them then. <laughs> Speaking of I psychology. <laughs> You know. There's a lot of doom in my life, apparently. Yeah, or maybe you just have resided to your fate, and you, you like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a weird. It's a weird psychology not to go too far, but it's like the whole point of the Death Guard is that they resist everything, and nothing gets to them. And then, like, they're the ones to give in. So it's a weird. Like they're the unbroken. They're the unbroken blades. They push through everything. Except for. It gets up against it. They get it. Yeah. Like, really, I guess in reality, it's like, or not reality, but on that point, it's like um, they're the uh, chapter that's resilient to everything except for themselves. Mm hmm. So, uh, I don't know. You can break your heart worse than yourself, man. Yeah. Well, but then you have Typhus, who's just a fucking maniac. So, <laughs> so keeping it to 30k talk, his name is technically Typhon. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's be that guy. But uh, actually, it's his actually name is Typhon. Tell us, Typhon. I know um, it's Typhon. He is, he is played in my movie by. Uh, I did get this one. Uh, either Russell Crowe or <laughs> Brendan Gleeson. All right. Uh, yeah, I like Russell Crowe. You, you're picking. It's funny because I'm thinking about the facial features that you're picking for the Death Guard. You're picking people with very round faces, round faces and like hefty builds. You yeah. know, like it's got to be somebody like Joaquin Phoenix is one thing. He's gaunt, but like Brendan Gleeson and Russell Crowe are both like older, Rounder. slightly all have like the five <laughs> o'clock shadow. Yeah, looks like they can bench press you, even though they also have a beer gut kind yeah. of look. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I like that right. yeah. too. Um, so I'm trying to. So Typhus is definitely. So we were talking about chapters where you need like at least two primary characters. I think you can't have ta a 30k Horace Heresy movie without Typhus. He's like so pivotal um, in a yeah. lot of the things. He even um, meets Luther. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> He kind it's of like no, go Typhus, ahead. Typhus, Luther, uh, Erebus is probably the biggest one who Araman I, I don't have cast. Araman's a big one, and who uh, I had one more. Uh, shoot, Karn. Oh yeah, yeah. they're all just and big dude. Speaking of, uh, you also need Abaddon. Um, honestly. Yeah, he does a thing or two in the universe. He's not as 
big as some of the other secondary characters, but um, I think, you know, he's important enough to have in a few scenes just talking to Horace um, because of yeah. what happens, you know, later. <laughs> he's, he's huge in the first three books. He's like a huge main character. Yeah. Um, he's not the main character, but he's basically like, the supporting actor. If they made a movie mm-hmm. of the first three books, he would be, he'd get a, an Oscar for supporting actor. He's a big character, but then as he goes forward, he drops off a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So same with he, Luther. He's That's why he's a secondary character. Cause he's not consistent, you know, throughout the everything. Um, same with Typhus. It's just the same, you know, same thing. Um, and one thing I did want to touch on that we're not gonna be able to, cause I haven't, gotten there yet is um so one of the best books i don't know if you've read this yet but mechanicus um it's supposed to be like like top 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 notch like book in general um and i haven't read it yet so i don't have any idea of the characters in it um i'm sure it's uh it's next on my list i'm leading the one i'm on now and it's the very next one so i'm kind of i'm glad to hear that yeah i'm sure calls in it to be honest, maybe I hope, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, mostly you know, for this episode, we're just concentrating on the Primarchs, anyway. So, yeah. Um, speaking of which, so because we, you know, we brought up Vin Diesel, and I haven't stopped been able, you know, I haven't been able to stop thinking about Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would put him either as two, um, Dorn or Vulcan. To be honest, um, maybe Vulcan, but probably Dorn um, more so. Um, I don't know. Miss Dorn? Yeah, maybe. Um, Dorn for me was, uh, and it's pretty spot on because it feels like whoever drew Dorn looked at this guy for me, and it might be a little typecast, but it's Stephen Lang, mm-hmm. who's the uh, the Sergeant Colonel guy from uh, Avatar. Have you ever watched the movie Avatar? With, I have uh, not actually seen Avatar, so. Oh, okay. He's I just dead on. It. <laughs> that's another yeah, story. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I'm being on the other end of this. I wish I did too, but <laughs> um, he's a main character in that. He just looks exactly like Doran. He's just that guy. He's he's a military built guy uh, in that movie. Yeah. So like. Again, it's not a deep pick for me. It's more of like you look the part. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I we've been doing that for Dorn most of these, character. though. You know? Yeah. Dorn kind of has like a weird, uh, the word's not whimsical, but like he can crack a joke. And which is one of those things where like you can keep to the, you can keep to the trope of the character. You can actually get into the character itself. And yeah. Dorn's like, He's like either really tough when you look at him or you like get to him and he makes like a joke and will wink at you. You know, I'm uh, actually realizing that I meant a Ferris Manus <laughs> when I was talking about Vin Diesel. Um, sorry for the wrong Primark there. Well, but... that's, that's fine because I also picked another uh, Avatar character for Ferris Manus. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's, it's odd how these all cross over. It's like I casted from three different movies. Yeah. Um, but for Ferris Manus, I had Sam Worthington. Okay. Not too he's, familiar he's, with who that is. What's he in? He's the main character of Avatar. Oh. <laughs> um, is he in anything else? <laughs> uh, 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 let me look. But uh, why Vin Diesel? Because um, the Iron Hands just remind me of Vin Diesel. 
like uh, just all bulk no smarts you know a little bit so um i mean they have smarts don't take offense iron hands players also you shouldn't take advance because you've rocked the meta for too long so you know fuck you so yeah, your time. <laughs> yeah um but um in a more lower base way um he would either have to be Iron Hands, like the Iron Hands Primarch, Ferris Manus, or, um, shit, I'm blanking on the chapter, the Chaos chapter that's exactly like them. Um, oh, uh, Iron Warriors. Like Iron Warriors, yeah. Yeah. But I like to think of Vin Diesel as like a good guy. Like, he has, you know, these weird values. Like, maybe this is because I've watched all Fast and Furious <laughs> movies, <laughs> but, um, He's got like, you know, um, like he doesn't value normal ethical things, but like in his own set of values, he's a really moral guy. So, you know, he stands up for what he believes in. So I couldn't see him as a chaos primark, which is why I'm thinking Ferris. So, yeah, Ferris is very like black and white. Yeah. It, and it, it, it comes down to like the forge for him because he's a he's a forger guy. Like He makes forger guy. He's a fucking he makes dwarf. Forces. Really? Yeah, so like very much it's like if I heat the metal and I hit the metal, the metal moves and there's no in between. Right. And kind of like the perfect way of thinking of Ferris Manus. It's like there's just no there's no black and white. It's like there's a whole scene where Fulgrim comes up to him and is like, Look, come to the dark side and he's like, No. Because there's no in between. Right. So like there's black and white, either good or bad, and I don't I can't see it your way because I don't see the nuances you see. And let's be honest, that's fucking um Vin Diesel. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, in case you were, you want to know what other movies Sam Worthington is in, he's yeah. in Avatar two. Oh, he's in that. Avatar. Really, it's very helpful, Corey. <laughs> Avatar four, Avatar five. I don't know why there's so hey, many. So I've never seen he's Star Wars. Star. What else is you know Mark Hamon? Oh, Star. You know <laughs> Return of the Jedi. <laughs> He's in Clash of the Titans. Um, he's the main uh, character in Clash of the Titans, the okay. new one. He's the main character in Terminator Salvation. Mm, okay. And uh, Man on a Ledge. He just, he, he's very much the shaved head superhero, yeah. uh, action hero guy. You know who just hit me while we're on Vin Diesel about um, the perfect Vulcan? And this is another one that I think, if you disagree with, like, go fuck yourself. Um, Fucking The Rock for Vulcan. Like, I've heard The Rock, and I have hands a hard down. time really? saying no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, love, I love The Rock. He can Me play too. any role in this entire thing. But he's thing also such like a humanitarian kind of, you know, actor and character. Like, you can tell he I like... Mean, he could be Horace, for all I know. No, like, no, no. Pretty, I don't know. He doesn't really have a dark side. Like, he just kicks ass in the name of humanity, you know? And that... It to me is uh, Vulcan. I think The Rock, as an actor, for his acting chops, can play the dark side that Horace has, but I don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're a bad person somewhere. Like, there's somewhere that you've like kicked a dog or something, but I don't want to know it exists. Not with The Rock. No, exactly. <laughs> I want my heroes to be beautiful and perfect. And I just think, you know, the one chapter that maybe two two chapters that give a shit about humanity um to me are um the space wolves and the salamanders and um you know the rest kind of abuse humanity in certain 
ways. And uh, I just think Rock is just like a champion of being like a good dude, you know? Um, he kind of like is even like that in his interviews and, you know, stuff that you see him talk about. He's just like, well, you know, you got to get out there. You got to be the best you, you know? <laughs> so. Oh, man. I can get deep into my love for the rock. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> but I just picture him landing on a planet and yelling, Do you smell what Vulcan's <laughs> It's actually like, also, the best catch line to make him Vulcan is his own catch line. <laughs> yeah. It's about burning shit. <laughs> I think uh, my perfect casting was Michael Clark Duncan. Okay. Uh, the guy from the Green Mile and uh, Armageddon. But yeah. I might take it for the rock, to be honest with you. Dude, I don't know how you can disagree with that one. Like, there are some. Not... What? So I just, I get you. I'm yeah. with it. Yeah, there's, I feel like, uh, you know, through our discussion here, there are some that are just like, boom, obvious, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then others that are a little bit more malleable. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, I even think that the lion in Luther casting is very malleable. Um, which sucks. I think the lion's <laughs> the kind of character that you don't know who to get the perfect actor for, and when they get that perfect actor, you're like, okay, yeah, that was perfect. Good yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's going to be someone who could hit the notes you didn't know were there, and you're right. like, oh, cool, yeah, please. You like look back on their performance and be like, oh shit, it couldn't have been anyone but that. But when you're initially casting them, you're like, I don't fucking know, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like why? Why would? Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker, and then you see that movie, and you're like, "Oh, right, oh no, it's a great movie yeah. too." Um, hmm, are there any major? Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any. I know we've left them out, and I probably should have written at least all the parts. I've got or... a checklist. If you want me to hit them quick, we can. We what, can. Light... What have we not covered? So let's go with the easy one that I think neither of us will have a name for: Corvus Corax. Oh, I, yeah. Um, yeah, no. No. anyone, Robert Patterson. <laughs> See, I put Jake Gyllenhaal for that one. Yeah, all right. Robert, Robert Pattinson, I had for Conrad Kurz, and that's because he killed it in the movie The King. Okay. And he would be a dope uh, Conrad Kurz, although I didn't see that from anybody else on the internet. Hmm. Uh, he's a good actor. He just yeah. made some bad choices. Yeah. Um, um, mostly just Twilight is, you know. A couple of other it's movies. Lot, it's a lot of Twilight, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Twilight. Well, He's made a lot of good movies, but he hasn't gotten out of that mountain. That's kind of his fault. I mean, not his fault. I mean, um, that was just, you know, writing. Just shit writing. So, what are you going to do? My problem with roles like that is if I were that actor, I would come out of it just being like, and this is my personality. It's like, alright, cool, but I made money, so... Right. Yeah. And I'm doing this. Um... Jumping out of that, we have Magnus the Red. Oh, this is actually a pretty big one for me, um, too. Uh, so I know we say this all the time, but Corey plays Death Guard, Blood Angels. I play Thousand Sons, Dark Angels. So <laughs> um, Thousand Sons, obviously. You know, I didn't pick anyone, but I know the qualities that they need. Um, they have to be a rudite and well-spoken. Um, as well as a little bit stoic. So I'm having a hard time thinking of an actor for that, but 
and Araman's the same way. So for both of them, but Araman's got to be a little bit more rebellious, uh, a little bit more like I'll do whatever it takes, like a little bit more driven um, than Magnus. Um, but who do you have? I guess we'll start there. I have. Uh, I wasn't. So I'm not as stirred with Magnus as you are. So I'm kind of going off the top. I had Ian Glenn, who is the actor who plays uh, Sir Jorah Mormont in uh, Game of Thrones, the guy who gets like grayscale and all that. Okay. But again, not yeah. a, I don't know. I'm not great with that pick. Magnus is a tough one. I also wanted the big red-haired dude from uh, Game of Thrones, but I didn't think he fit. He's more of a Lehman Russ. Yeah. Hmm. There's a stoicness to, to Magnus. That it, there's a stoicness and a naivety. To Magnus, that's hard to. I don't even know if it's naivety. It's just like that pursuit of knowledge at all motherfucking costs. Like Matt Damon, maybe if he toned it down. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Goodwill. Yeah, a little bit of Matt Damon, maybe like or James Franco. Can we just say, uh, can we have the perfect casting? Be Magnus the Red as Matt Damon and Armin as uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Don't even go deeper than that. This is the movie. It's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Also, Prospero is actually Southie. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine? There's that whole speech now where they say it's not your fault to him. And like, just being like Magnus, Magnus, uh, what's what's the Magnus, the red thing they say? It's uh, Magnus wasn't wrong or Magnus is right. Um, you know, I don't, I just really, I'm only like a couple chapters in the thousand suns right now. So yeah. there's just like the internet meme where it's just like Magnus is, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just to have like Robin Williams screaming at Matt Damon. It's not <laughs> your fault to Magnus the red now in my head. It makes it so much perfect. Magnus was right. Is that what it, uh, um, I don't know, but internet people, I mean, Magnus ends up, you know, um, to, so I, you know, I love the Thousand Sons, but it's actually not for for Magnus. Um, I don't think no. he's as uh, three dimensional of a character as Araman is. Um, I fucking love Araman. Well, mostly because Araman reminds me of myself. So, um, like in some way, you know, when you really latch on to characters in anything beyond Horus Heresy, it's because you see uh, qualities you have at least a little bit um, in the characters. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for Araman for me, like, does it like, I feel like him constantly. So, um, which is why, like, it'd be cool to get like a Araman tattoo, you know, <laughs> he's a, he's a great, uh, it's a great image to have. Yeah. Um, and he's, just, he's striking while we're on the like topic of him, I need to strip my model. Um, cause I primed it with like some shit primer and I really want to like pour my heart into the, the Araman model um, and Magnus obviously. So, but long story short. Yeah. Um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Southie thousand sons. Southie thousand sons. <laughs> um, let me jump to uh, South okay, Boston so- sons, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> We lost so many. If we had any Thousand Sun listeners, they're done now. Um, I play Thousand Suns, and I think that's hilarious. So, <laughs> um, 
So Angron, who who would you think should play Angron? Who's the angriest actor you can think of? <laughs> well, I had Tom Hardy. This one's a hard okay. one. Angron, again, it's that same idea of he's an angry guy. It's so easy to just say that because I had Vinnie Jones, who's that British actor who, who played the juggernaut. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. But then I was like, no, but he's such a shallow character where Angron's this deep depth of he's angry because never mind like the butcher's nails and all that. He's also mm-hmm. angry because there's this self-hatred of himself. Right. for not saving his friends so there's like a death to anger on that you don't expect and i i'd wanted someone who could see that and that'd be tom hardy for me yeah definitely um i'm gonna go with i'm just i'm just thinking of this one scene are you not entertained <laughs> fucking russell crowe man so. i can see russell crowe russell crowe can do it if he got the if he if he got really excited that day and for sure yeah, Russell yeah. Crowe ran a mile and then played Angron. He'd be good. <laughs> I think whoever plays Angron should probably, you know, take ster- steroids for research. <laughs> Just yeah. be- being Which angry I mean, for Tom no Hardy reason. <laughs> what? what? Tom Hardy basically did that yeah. for that movie, uh, Warrior. So I okay. mean, that's the, that's the Angron I'm thinking of. I just or I like think Bane, like Tom Hardy. Bane. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. But Bane isn't really. You know, Tom Hardy would actually fit as Magnus, too. Yeah, um, he'd be. I mean, Tom Hardy is another one that could play. Not because he fits the character look-wise, but fits the character because he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the reason why I say Magnus, Magnus is because I'm actually thinking of Bane in a similar vein as Magnus. Like, that arrogant, like, knowing what's right for people. Like, getting it at all costs, even if it means, like, destroying, you know, a city or... Mm-hmm. Your home world. Well, they didn't really destroy their home world. Um, that's another story. There's <laughs> a whole. A whole ugh. That's, I, there's a whole reason why I hate Space Wolves, and it only has to do with 30k. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the players, and it has nothing to do with 40k. It has only to do with the fact that I think Lehman Russ is a dick. Um, um one thing okay. you know, since we're talking about the movie too, and Space Wolves and 30k is. I feel like, um, you know, if they ever do try to something in this 30K universe, um, the topic of genocide is a little difficult (laughs) to portray in movies. You know, like, I think one of the best movies that does the, like, real-world genocide, obviously a lot of uh, World War II movies, um, like Schindler's List and stuff, but uh, Hotel Rwanda. um, Oof. And um, you couldn't handle it like that um, in uh, 40k or 30k, because to some extent, maybe maybe you know a whole movie on the burning of Prospero. Um, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to set up a 30k movie, like I said at the beginning, um, where chaos, all the fallen chapters are like the heroes, like because they're the most human in the books. I think. Yeah. Um, Because they have flaws and they're kind of forced into situations they never ask for or react to. They're more they're more reactionary, Um, like especially like, like, God, can you imagine doing the burning of Prospero? Like, holy shit. Yeah, I feel like that'd be one of the ones where you couldn't tell from the Space Marines point of view. You'd have to tell it in a Hotel Rwanda point of view where you're on the ground watching it happen around you like it would have to be like people living on prospero would be the main story 
Yeah. That's that's why it's I bring the, the movie up too, because yeah. like like straight up there there's a lot of genocides in forty K and there's a lot of like horrible things people do each other. I mean, that's just the nature of the setting. But I think out of all the ones that kind of stick with you, um, it's Prospero. Like, that's just fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There are levels of grim dark that I'm even like I can take most of it, but that one's a little like, ugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> on a happier I'm note, not like, crying over here. There's no tears coming from me. I'm not totally crying in my room. Yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that's just fucking sad. So, um, and 40k unfortunately has a lot of moments like that, which, you know, right now in the world with everything going on, it's just a difficult thing to deal with some of the sad things because life is a little bit weird and sad as it is so <laughs> but what's a Jumping happier note salamanders <laughs> oh we did salamanders uh, i know i'm just kidding alfarius what do you think of alfarius oh fuck i don't even think he should have an actor he's just a fucking guy in a suit <laughs> like See, i went with uh billy zane which could also just be a man in a suit I mean, those twins, um, Alpharius and Alpharion, or right? Am I getting oh their names God. right? Oh my God! Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they have to be a the same actor or twins, but um, I always wanted to play Alpha Legion. <laughs> Dude, I'm having the problem where I just finished the Alpha Legion book for Horus Heresy, and now I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I could play Alpha Legion. <laughs> Isn't that cool. the the way it is with all the heresy books though you finish when you're like all right that's it i'm buying a bunch of fucking models <laughs> everyone except for emperor's children every single yeah. one with the of that really poor folk. like it was a great book but i was just like i don't i have no interest in this okay this army yeah um i did i was in we were at coney island when i finished the legion book and i finished it got up went into the ocean with my wife and then proceeded to tell her how great the ending of the book was <laughs> Again, my wife is an amazing person because she just just bobbed there in the ocean and went, "Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> all right." I mean, I get that. I, okay, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, no, you don't understand what the Alpha Legion is doing for humanity and the, the, the galaxy." She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> totally." She probably thinks in her head, like Corey, fictional. <laughs> probably not, yeah. but. You know what I'm saying. Well, my <laughs> wife, my wife, she doesn't, she doesn't love Warhammer, but she does love. She story, will. So <laughs> you're, um, uh, you're the taint, and you're just slowly corroding her to Warhammer. <laughs> I'll let you know that you. I'll let her know that you called me a taint. So. <laughs> well, I mean that in more like a chaos metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, chaos. We're still missing Perturabo. Oh, which is the third one. I went with a guy who played Ivar the Boneless in Vikings. Yeah. He's just got a really angsty feel and they both have cornrows and it looks cool. You know, I don't um, even I couldn't even get started on per- him. So it's it's Perturabo's one of those uh primarchs that if you know him, you love him, and if you don't know him, he barely exists. Yeah. I'm on the barely existing side, mostly cuz um you know, unlike you, which you're kind of smartly going through them in, in order, I'm just jumping around to the factions I like. So, <laughs> like, uh, left on the list is Lorgar, which I didn't really have one for. 
Mm. Yeah, he's a tough one. I I had Mark Strong, but I stole that one off the internet uh, just because I couldn't figure out who I wanted. Mark Strong is a bald actor who looks very. Uh, you know, very actually, much- I actually I think I have a good one for him. Um, ah, shit, hold on, get his name. Uh, sorry, if you heard my typing, I'm just googling. I I know him. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Pat Bach, whatever. Benedict from Doctor Strange. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the reason why I say that is because, especially in like the Star Trek movie where he plays Khan, um, he can be a zealot, like a really convincing one. And I think for the word bearers, you need that, like someone who's searching for meaning to such an extreme that, you know, um. And justifying it rationally. Like some of his, like uh, one of my favorite scenes from the newer Star Star Trek movies is when he's kind of like talking to Captain Kirk and like has a hold is all this line of reasoning for basically like really fucked up actions that he's justifying and add a little bit of religion to that spice. And you kind of have, you know, the word bearers. So I think it'd be a good one. Or that that's that's better than the one I had, but uh, so we got. I mean, Lorgar is weird because he's like another like a like a Horus where it's like you need someone who could convince you he's right even mm. though you know he's wrong, or like you still are questioning even after he's gone. Like, was he right? I know he was wrong, but he seemed to think he was right no matter what. Right. Well, I actually think that's why. Uh... Benedict kind of fits that role because, you know, cat and from taking in as an example that second Star Trek movie, because even Kirk is like, wait a second, you know, kind of questioning everything every even after he's not in his presence, but like knows there's something off about him. So he doesn't mm. trust him completely. Um I kind of like that one. So that's <laughs> Steven's pick. So but and that's it's big. Yeah. <laughs> last on our list, the last Primark, and if we missed any guys, I'm really sorry, but the last Primark I have is Jagatai Khan. Oh. The Khan himself. Hmm. Which is a tough one, because you can either be really, really like a typecast person and pick one person, because you yeah. only know one Asian actor, or right. you can look into like the giant cavalcade of Asian actors and be really stuck with who would be the perfect one. So. F- um, out of respect of like not being politically incorrect and disrespectful, I am going to abstain because I don't really know. Um, you know, <laughs> it's tough. And the big one that kind of stood out after looking through them all, there's Ken Wanatabi, who's a is just a prolific actor and has a presence on screen that matches the con. Um, he is also on the top of the the list of people in the American audiences, like Asian actors that the American audiences know. Yeah. Um, there's him, but there's also Jason Momoa who fits the role physically, especially after Game of Thrones. Those were my two. Mm. I'm just going to abstain on that one, I think. But that's, that's fair. Um, the, I just, so I guess I'll go over kind of like what I think the character would emphasize. Like, kind of a i always view the white scars as like a very noble chapter um like they're you know very moral very like 
we have our way of doing warfare and we're fucking good at it. And um, also a little bit of like, like the con to me seems wise, like wiser than the lion, but wise in a way that's kind of like, like he doesn't ever tell you what you should do. It's more like suggestions or, you know, they kind of embody Obviously, they're based on, you know, Genghis Khan, and they kind of embody that um, Buddhist philosophy um, in general as a chapter. So I think you'd have to have an actor who exemplifies that. So, but It's tough, because I feel like there's so many that you want to pick at. And I I respect your your view on this, because it's very much like, where there's the obvious ones and then there's probably like a hundred actors I don't know about that Mm -hmm. are great at this and better because I don't know enough to know those actors and it's not cool that I don't. And one thing, you know, as a addendum and sort of Corey and I should like disclaim this, like, unfortunately 40 K has its problems in the real world with being a little bit, um, non-socially conscious (laughs) so um we only talked i mean unfortunately we only mentioned like white men but there's a lot of other people that could fit these roles and you know please don't blame us for that i think it's gw's kind of structure that lends itself to that i mean maybe we could have been better but uh you know i mean in fairness the rock could have played every role yes Uh, but just like a bunch of rocks play every role yeah <laughs> so scratch all that hour that you just listened to <laughs> the yeah, rock no, the will rock. be every primark <laughs> and if we run out of bodies it'll be the rock's face over matthew mcconaughey's acting <laughs> i don't think the rock could actually play every primark to be honest so <laughs> but i think there's at least three of them i'd be yeah. okay with yeah um, that's all of our primarks though yeah we, we did it. We got through the long haul. <laughs> you and me. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're a little over an hour. So uh, our last episode was like two and a half. Um, so I think we should call it. <laughs> um, so, you know, without further ado, um, stay tuned next week um, for Harlequins, the strategy episode and where we dive into all seven of the unique units you can play (laughs) (laughs) and um you know so we're just we'll mostly be talking about stratagems and relics because for the most part that's the real nuance in a harlequin list so um we'll hit that next week um look for the website um and if you don't see it up like just like send me an angry message somewhere because it's going to be super cool. And <laughs> um, that's where we're premiering um, our, you know, our first like fiction of our setting for our um, crusade campaign world that will be battle reporting eventually. So, uh, and even if you're just a fan of like reading, you know, kind of fiction in the setting, um, it'll be something for you. So um, you don't even, the story will be cohesive enough that you you don't even have to watch the battle reports if you're not into that, um, because everything's going to have like an epilogue and character to development uh, from a first person or third person kind of standpoint. Um, so 
you know, we're, I'm super excited about that. That's, you know, since I started this, uh, with Corey, uh, that's been like what I've wanted to head in the direction of. So, uh, we'll get that out. Um, just a matter of, you know, <clears throat> me writing it. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, um, follow us on foxtrotbattleline.com. Oh, I should also mention about the website. Um, Corey uh, has, is super into painting, and we really want to get his work out there. So uh, another awesome addition to our website will be uh, kind of Corey's Corner, or whatever he decides to call it, <laughs> um, where he sounds, can share his work. What? You like that? Sounds cute enough. I, think we can go with it. <laughs> I don't know. It's maybe too cute for 40K, but... <laughs> Um, we'll have that. We'll, um, and we're excited about that. And, you know, maybe can Corey can dabble in a little of paid commission painting eventually, which would be very cool. Um, and, um, then we'll have, you know, general episode, uh, podcast reviews. We'll start posting battle reports. So really the first step to us, um, getting more involved as a platform for, uh, content will be this website. So, um, next week uh look out for it um if you don't see it um i might cory might have murdered me because i it's been like <sighs> what a month and a half <laughs> i've been putting this off so <laughs> it's been a weird month and covid makes us do a lot of weird things uh um, yeah just to harp on that just to keep a lookout we're uh we're, we're doing a lot of big things we have an entire army of people ready to start doing battle reports with We've been doing a group called, uh, just to get this out there, we're doing a group in Brooklyn called Park Hammer, where we, it was originally we went to different parks every week and played in parks and introduced it to new people. It's a new group. Um, now we are at Barrow's Intense Ginger, which is a place in Industry City in Brooklyn. We play every Tuesday at one. Uh, if you're in Brooklyn and you want to come out, please hit me up. The important thing about this group is that we're mainly a lot of camera people and newer people playing. and we're recording all the time. So this is one big group that's teaching people how to play 40K and at the same time, we're learning ourselves how to make awesome battle reports. So in one way or another, there's a lot of big things coming from us that will be on the website. Yeah, and um, there's more things uh, we have planned too. Um, and our park hammer slash now bar hammer group is um, really awesome. So, um, you know, feel free to ask for the discord channel for that. Um, I'm thinking we'll probably have a discord channel eventually for Foxtrot in general. Um, probably after we start doing the battle reports, I think. Um, but you know, exciting things and, you know, just let us take our time with this. Cause, uh, obviously, you know, we're also painting and living like human beings. So <laughs> forgive us. Um, for example, I'm, one of the reasons I haven't gotten to the stories because I've just bought an insane amount of night hunts for Age of Sigmar, and <laughs> uh, that's kind of been where I've been putting my efforts into, unfortunately. So, uh, but anyways, uh, Corey, uh, any more updates you could think of? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, look out for more content from us. We're always working. Uh, the website will be out soon. There will be video with it in the future. And I Let think um, within the next month, uh, we wanted to record like a preliminary battle 
you know, month, month and a half uh, battle reports, right? We were talking about two. So uh, once I get my ass to New York, so. <laughs> yeah, we've got the cameras. We've got the crew. We've got the lucky part about being a film and TV person in New York is that you have at least three friends with cameras, another th- three friends at lenses, and they all want to play Warhammer. So at this point, we have the crew for it and it's going to be big exciting and professional yeah and then after uh you know once i move back to connecticut um we'll kind of be showcasing our studio but you know one thing at a time but i think this is a good episode to just you know get amped for the future uh milestone 10 episodes so there you go <laughs> so, woo. woo! all right and um on that note uh thanks for joining us uh follow us on instagram Please email us. Uh, we still don't have any real email communication, but I love your questions and your comments and suggestions and um, anything like that. Um, you know, let us know. Uh, that's Line at gmail.com. Super easy. Um, and, uh, you know, we look forward to the future and thank you for joining us. So, bye.